Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Clock Talk with Dr. Greg Brannan. I am Jim Baker, and today we're going to talk about TBI and testosterone. So, Greg, as always, 15 minutes to discuss and go. So, real quick, we just for the audience, what is TBI? Yeah, what got me going on this, Jim, was we were talking about maybe picking topics about how hormones help the brain, help the body, right? And there's a great article that came out, Neurocritical, just about three weeks ago. It's called Endocrine Dysfunction After Traumatic Brain Injury, an Ignored Clinical Syndrome. And that was surprised me. The definition of, of TBI actually was actually started in 1918, was the first time it was used. So the idea that the clinical syndrome having to do with the endocrine gland, can we have the next slide here, Tyler, let's go on that? And there's going to show all these axes and all these syndromes. We'll get to that in a moment. But the brain itself, to think that head trauma would not cause neuroendocrine dysfunction is interesting to me. Because in my career, I always thought about that because the brain is inside the skull. The brain is our computer. Our master computer controls everything. And you have these you have these eight major hormones and you have what's called the hypothalamus if you picture a curve of the head and they have these two, it's called the pituitary gland. There's an anterior part and a posterior part. The anterior controls six hormones, the posterior controls two and they're a little different because in the anterior, above it's called the hypothalamus, there's these cells using a blood supply system. This sounds nerdy, but it's very, very important because you have long blood vessels and short blood vessels. And in the other, the posterior, you have things that control um, um, your fluid content, uh, uh, antidiuretic hormone, vasopressin. And that's actually an extension of the neuron itself. So it's not really blood supply. Okay, so I know it might be hard, but real quick, if you're looking at a typical head, mm -hmm. you know, where would you point to the- Right in the middle of your noggin, right okay. in the back, okay? That's anterior yeah. or posterior? That's both and they hang right there. Okay. And um, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the structure where they're at matters. Because when the head shakes, there's a thing that's called the diaphragm that controls this and the blood supply. So when the blood supply has more chance and gets affected, the, 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 the cells further away from the blood supply will have more chance of dying. That's why the ones that are, that are uh, supplied by the lung would be the ones most affected. And what are they? Growth hormone and gonadotropins. What are those? They control testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. The ones that are further away, the thyroid, the prolactin, are rarely affected. So it's interesting in the structure itself. But in this paper, it blew my mind. I did not know this. The leading cause of disability and death in the world is head trauma. So therefore, to have a something that that's prevalence, but not understand that as a hormonal sequelae surprised me. It's broken into two stages, an acute stage, which is uh, complications within the first two weeks. And then there is a complication called chronic, which is after three months. And uh, this paper goes beautifully in the detail of that. But I really want to stress that the anatomy matters to it. Um, how severe the trauma matters. There's actually criteria that actually increases the risk factors. The what interesting risk is the age of somebody, the severity of the TBI, the cortical contusions, increased intracranial uh, hemorrhage, which leads to increased pressure, uh, seizures, which is a side note, my daughter had a TBI with a seizure, and then basal cell, the back of the structure, those increase the risk factors. And 
when in acute stage, the posterior is more involved can because that's the control of your blood pressure, your sugar level, and your um, your what's called hyponatremia, your salt content. And that's life-threatening. That's a really, really important part of this. But again, what's interesting was sometimes they don't see sequelae early because it's not there, but chronically, they found that years later, you're having problems with fertility if you're a woman, cycles if you're a woman, uh, growth hormone, and that can lead to low testosterone, can lead to other complications, um, such as diabetes and things like that. But Jim, what's very interesting is the only thing they can control that they compare it to is aneurysm in the brain that blows when the aneurysm goes they have over 49 percent of hormonal sequelae based upon when that goes brain trauma is between 28 and 32 percent typical diagnosis of tbi that's the problem in fact the study talk about how clinically it's it's so confusing because is the things happening because of a short-term bleeding issues in the body, things like that, or is it really an endocrine disruption? So the big one again is high is hypotent, low blood pressure, your sugar plummeting, and your salt missing getting very too high. The acute part again also is if there's, there's a hormone in the anterior pituitary called uh, ACTH that makes cortisol from the adrenal glands. When that messes up, because what, what does a cortisol do? Cortisol is for flight or fight, right? That's what that's the adrenaline going up. So if that's out of stage when you're in a shock state, that's the most acute problem, Jim. Those three things are that. And obviously, this is diagnosed uh, where uh, head trauma has been validated. Or a fall or something to 100%. that effect. Number one cause of death in America over the age of 65 when you add up all the complications of it is actually falling down. That's, a, that's why it's very, very important to understand that. And... The, the, the diagnosis, they'll look at an MRI of the head. And because the, the, the give me the next picture. Tom. We're going to go back to this one in a minute, but go here. That's the stock. There's the brain I was talking to. And that little, those two pellets there, the, the yellow one is the posterior. The anterior is the gray one. And this is happens to talk about adrenal glands. But there's all six hormones on that side, all two on that side. But the way you can see, like it hangs the tethers, that blood supply and that diaphragm goes through complete pressure on that. You increase the pressure and that stops going. And therefore, like if a, a young kid gets a head trauma when they're younger, they find the sequelae of a young girl. is In fact, girls have more trauma with TBI than boys do. Uh, a sequelae of that and the big size to see that maybe they have a delayed cycle and when they're a little older maybe not, not releasing eggs properly for fertility so the two major we talked about overall in adults it's growth hormone and those gonadotropins but I interrupted you on that yeah so do you want to go back to the other slide yeah real quick because this is interesting to look at it so you have these six things that can cause injury the vascular injury uh, aneurysm or trauma that a blood vessel blood your cerebral already going in there hypotension hypoxia that could be a trauma but that could also be a side effect of the head trauma autoimmunity get an inf inflammation genetics there's a thing called apoe that is a uh, apoprotein that controls cholesterol metabolism which is very interesting apoe4 there's two three of them, one two three and four people with the apoe4 with two of those called alleles they have a 25 percent increase in alzheimer's let's stop and think about that apoe3 controls cholesterol metabolism well why would a mess up in the cholesterol have a problem with the brain? The brain's about 95% cholesterol. That's how important cholesterol is for the brain. So that's genetic predisposition for that. Neuroinflammatory, again, inflammation of the brain, and you have direct mechanical trauma. That's what the TBI is. So those six things causes a problem with the hypothalamic pituitary function. 
So there's been a lot of, I think, increased in diagnosis with TBIs mm -hmm. um, over the last 15, 20 years. Is mm -hmm. that because we're getting better at diagnosis or, I'm throwing this out as a curveball, is it because our bodies are naturally lower in our sex hormones, in particular testosterone, where now TBI is becoming more prevalent? That, that's a great thing. The second one is very important. When they're looking the sequelae of this and they're finding that about, when I look at the data here, I have this study right here talking about growth hormone being the most common. It says in acute, in acute trauma, two to 30% will have low growth hormone in acute within two weeks. They'll show signs of that. Chronic is 10 to 64%. Overall in a five year out, 20% are low. But that's exactly what I was thinking, Jim. But if that population is already low, how many were already low beforehand? It maybe is that it's even lower than what the range is. Again, this is important to understand. Third, when I was in school 40, 50 years ago, the range of a man was roughly 800, 12, 1400. Today, they consider the range roughly 250 to 5, 600. So what they're calling low is a, a sick range already. And also having a sick low, are they, because it's a lower value, is there less hormone there to help? Heal is the question. I'm a very curious. I wonder on that. I don't know. The data, again, this data does not break down the older ranges. But if you're higher in testosterone and you, let's say, we're playing football and you got a concussion, in theory, could you heal faster than if you were low in testosterone? 100% because the treatment for chronic growth hormone loss, the treatment for chronic gonadotropins, which is low testosterone, is replacement of testosterone and growth hormone to make sure that the body, you know, can heal. That's exactly correct. So in the older days, you went into a dark room, um, you didn't read, um, you know, you basically allowed your body to heal uh, over time in a very unstressful environment. Are you saying today that, you know, providers now are treating patients with testosterone? So the paper, this actual paper reviews that and says when you have a diagnosis of this, the treatment should be replacement of the growth hormone, which is number one, the replacement of the gonadotropins, the testosterone, and women fertility reasons for the benefits of estrogen and progesterone. In an acute stage, you actually treat with cortisol, okay, hydrocortisone, because you, again, adrenals aren't working, the shock will be more. So the answer is yes. But I thought, again, in my theory, was is my theory, my thinking was, is a sicker population more prone to the complications because their levels are already there? And I believe the answer is anything. The answer is yes. Uh, like for the growth hormone, how do you test for growth hormone? There's a thing called IGF-1. So your brain in the hypothalamus makes insulin growth, um, has a growth hormone releasing hormone, which then makes growth hormone in the anterior pituitary. By the way, that's supplied by the long portal blood vessel. Therefore, it's more prone for damage of having no blood. And then that tells the liver make IGF-1. That will then repair the body. It's done pulsatized. It's done. It's, it's decreased in pulsatiles. So therefore, that's a hard thing to measure. But the result is the IGF. Let's go back for a second. You, what does that mean? Growth hormone right. is secreted roughly every ninety minutes for around two hours. It's right. pulsated. So you can't pulsated, really get. Okay. Yeah, so you have to do is how can you know it? But the end result of that pulse is to make the liver make IGF one. So that's the best actually monitor for how the growth hormone is working. In fact, we use that when we actually do CJC growth peptides for our, for our growth hormone. Same thing for testosterone and for gonadotropins. In women, gonadotropins are estrogen, progesterone, and a testosterone, a result of those having a woman's cycle. 
And then also for a man, it's the idea of making the testosterone converts to estrogen. So when you don't have those lows, those, you have to replace that. Uh, we know for a woman, it is for baby purposes, but there's also for bone, for brain, for heart, for other purposes as well. So it's very important to have that. So the key thing is in the acute state, watch out for the low blood pressure, the high, the high uh, hyponatremia, the sugar, the, the salt being very low, and the, high, the low glue sugar. Sugar is crucially important under these shock situations. And then chronically, just don't, we got to make sure we follow up. They recommend following up one, three, and five years later on the whole endocrine panel. We had a patient yesterday, 29-year-old guy who was in a motor car accident. His lawyer said, get a whole endocrine panel because I've seen low testosterone based upon car accidents. That just happened yesterday. So that was that lawyer was reading the, the studies of that kind of stuff, that aspect. He was actually under 220. My question was, he 220 because of the accident or 220 because of the environment? Maybe he was 400. But we know nobody today is in the range of our great-grandparents. We know that number for sure. So let's talk a little bit about PTSD because I know that we have a lot of patients that are suffering from that at this point in time. And uh, I assume a lot of them had TBIs you know, prior uh, when they're in the military or whatever. Uh, talk about how that treatment is going and, and what you've seen there. It's very, uh, you know, honored to be working with our military in that. Uh, we have men with TBI and PTSD. Uh, in our new books, we're coming out in a few months called Restore. I have a whole section on TBI and PTSD with our military. But endocrine gland, the testosterone, estrogen, progesterone in, in men and women, but mainly estrogen, testosterone, I'm talking to men, it actually makes the neurons stronger and communicate better. It's called neuroplasticity and, and synaptic plasticity. So they're finding now there's two things with, with PTSD and TBI. PTSD is these men are already in a flight or fight situation consistently all the time. And what there's a, a procedure called Stella Ganglion injection. I got a Dr. Eugene Lipoff in Chicago, who's very close with our military. The Stella Ganglion is a bundle of nerves in the back of your spine, they actually go through the neck. They inject with local anesthesia and now with that either one side or both sides of it, and that turns off their adrenaline, get them back to restart again. That is crucial for PTSD, to restart them, rebaseline them. And then over time, the testosterone and plus our growth hormone will make the brain actually talk better. And you add important things like omega-3 fatty acids, omega-9 fatty acids, uh, probiotics, fish oil, vitamin D. So that's to make the brain go and eat a ton of fats, uh, animal fat, saturated fat, um, egg yolks, that's real butter. They've been shown, in fact, a lot of head trauma now they're doing keto diets because sugar increases, went over there, our neuroinflammation causes the problem like that. Back to the testing real quick, it's interesting, they do an MRI of the head, if they see a swollen pituitary gland, that means that it's having edema and, and from swelling from the actual trauma, the fluid there. But even worse than that, when you see it shrinking, that means a blood supply necrosis will kill it all off. So it's a very multifaceted thing. My whole thing bringing this all up was, I was shocked, again, at the title of it. Neuro, endocrine dysfunction after trauma, brain trauma, and ignore clinical syndrome. To me, it made sense not to be ignored, but we have to make sure we look at this because this is crucial. These six hormones in the anterior, these two in the posterior control everything. It's called homostasis of our body. Without that, we can't function. Fascinating stuff as always. Thank you, Dr. Brennan. Thank you.